Wake up Tri-Counties from our Save-A-Lot studio. Good morning. We continue now with the uh, superintendent of Kiwani Schools, Dr. Chris Sullins. Dr. Sullins, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me here today, Sean. One of the things, obviously, that people want to address this morning is uh, Coach Bradley Swanson. Uh, his contract not renewed last night. Well, first off, there's two parts to his employment. Um, one is his, his coaching component and the other is teaching component. So usually the month of February is a time we go back and reflect back on the fall or the fall sports, whether it's football, tennis, golf, cross country, all the events that we take place in the fall and start looking forward to how do, who do we want coach, who we want to put in those positions and leadership for next year, for the upcoming year you know, which in this case would be fall 2023. Um, and so, you know, all personnel uh, issues, you know, are reviewed in closed session, which takes place before the board meeting. And then we always open our board meeting at 7.30 to the public. Um, and in the open session, I made a recommendation uh, to move on and, um, and not offer him a contract for fall of 2023 to coach, uh, be the head football coach and the board voted 7-0 to non-renew his contract. And so we wish him the best of luck in his future coaching endeavors, whatever they may be. All right, uh, where, where would you like to start uh, with items to the, from last night's meeting? Well, probably might as well go with the theme for football um, <laughs> because that was probably the biggest budget item uh, that we've seen in a long time. Um, and that was discussion of a new field house. So Kiwani High School originally was over here by Central School, okay, and where Steamer Gym is. And it actually faced it south to Lyle Street. And when that was from 1901, I believe, till 1955-56, when the new high school was built and opened up in 55. And prior to that, the football field was always there in the track, and they had a field house. So the field house was built sometime, in, I want to say, in the 19, early 1940s part of a WPA project with the original concrete stadium. And so with that being said, that field house, I would say has served us well for about 83 years. Um, the, the question becomes, you know, does it meet the needs of our kids today? And the, the answer to that we believe is no. And so, you know, we think that, you know, kids say, kind of talked about this at the board meeting, you know, you wouldn't think about building a school today without air conditioning. 20 years ago, well, we built Lyle School after the original one had blown, or excuse me, Lyle School, yes, after it was blown up, it got blown <laughs> up in like 1981 mm -hmm. and destroyed. We didn't put air conditioning in 1981. But today, kids are conditioned, no pun intended, to have air that is fresh, that is cool when, when it gets a little warm. I mean, you don't go into a store today without Walmart or any place, any store, Osco, CVS, Walgreens, without air conditioning running. If it does, you, if it's not working, you probably don't go in. You go, some, go someplace else, right? So kids are brought up different today. Not saying that that's bad. It's just the way life is. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, our field house, you know, uh, has some ventilation, retrofitted some ventilation in there we've done over the years and everything. Um, but it's just tight, it's cramped. You know, it was built at a time where we didn't have six foot four, six foot five, 300 pound athletes in our school, you know? Yeah. And the old traditional, what we call gang showers, where you walk in and everybody sees each other. And I mean, and I said the board meeting, no pun intended, but you're like almost cheek to cheek in there, you know? It's very narrow, it's not very big. That just doesn't meet the needs of our kids today and what mm -hmm. they expect. And so that's part of it. And so now our new shower or new facility that we plan on building 
will be right next to it, about 10 feet away. And the goal is to take the current field house and take where the varsity is and remodel that so we can have a physical therapy area. Um, so we're not just taping kids outside you know, on a bench that actually have some equipment that uh, the trainers can work with our athletes on um, when they have minor injuries. Um, that's on the, and then also install some washers and dryers where the showers are currently located so we can wash clothes as the season goes on. Um, and then on the south, on the north end, which is a sophomore locker room, a little bit smaller, we're gonna turn that into a girls locker room and completely remodel that. You know, we do have girls that play soccer on a boys team, and we also have uh, girls that play football. Usually, typically, they made up to about the junior year, don't go out senior year, but we do have quite a few that, uh, I say quite a few, anything more than one is always surprising to me, but you know, we do have girls that play football, freshman, sophomore, and sometimes junior year. So they'll have a place to go. The currently where they change right now is a space in between those locker rooms that's for the officials that the officials don't use anymore. So again, built 1940, 42, whatever, very much outdated and not appropriate for them. Sure. So the new field house that we move over, you know, we'll have space and have individual showers, about nine individual showers on each side, have a space on the north end for the football team and then the boys track team in the springtime. And on the south end will be the Riveters football team as well as the girls track team. And so have modern day lockers in there um, with that, like your locker is also your chair you sit on, um, and we're very much excited about that. The downside of all this is obviously the, the cost. It was definitely a sticker shocker. We thought we'd be in under a million dollars, and we came up, uh, our bid last night was $1.4 million. And that doesn't include the price of the lockers. We kept that out because we're still researching what lockers we want. That's $100,000 more, not gonna hide anything. Um, but those same lockers that will be in this facility, which will be about 10 feet away from our current facility, will also be put in the remodeled girls of the original field house. And so, you know, one of the things that, we, uh, that Chris Rzynski of Valley Construction shared with me privately was, you know, his cost breakdown for all the items that go into this project that get added up. And his company, as a general contractor, does not have electricians that work from full-time carpenters and they have some carpenters but they don't have all the concrete guys and everything so they go out and they get bids the people submit to them bids before they submit a bid to us and only the earthwork or digging of the footings was the only project the only part of the project where they had only two contractors bid on every other project had four to seven bidders i looked at them i saw the pricing down and so what he goes back and selects the lowest price the lowest contractor within each of that group electrical um plumbing uh, plumbers plumbing fixtures all those the um uh, roof all that he selects the lowest and he comes up with his price and we did have two bidders uh, the other was Puria metro who has worked on some of our current projects right now uh and they were almost a hundred thousand they were a little over a hundred thousand dollars more mm -hmm. so you know it's not like you just had one bidder and you didn't tell everybody to come and bid. We had somebody else that was going to bid on it, took out a bid package, and didn't submit a bid. So they were probably too busy or didn't want to deal with something. Maybe, to be honest with you, I hate to say it this small. So it's one of those items where you look at it and say, well, boy, it's 50% higher than what we thought, but you break it down. The cost of concrete has come up, whether you're going to do a sidewalk at your house or, or a garage area. The cost of actual concrete has gone up like 20% from last year. And that's supposedly tied into the cost of cement, which is a component 
that goes into making concrete. It's like the glue, I call it, that holds everything together. So that was kind of tough to take, you know, but, uh, you know, we feel that, uh, you know, with our countywide sales tax and um, our other revenues that, that, that uh, we, have, we are receiving, and then with the governor's um, budget that he's proposed uh, to the legislators, uh, preliminary budget, and projected income, which is way up from this year. It's, it matches last year's income, which they thought was gonna go down this year for the state of Illinois, which then reflects back to us whether we get our payments on time. You know, it's not that they're gonna skip payments, it's just whether you ever, when you get them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we feel comfortable going into the next fiscal year um, that this is a worthwhile project for all our students, not just our students. And it is, uh, the other aspect about this, um, it is a handicap accessible building where our current field house is not handicap accessible. So you could say, well, what do you mean? There's no one handicapped that's gonna play football. Okay, but we do have handicapped individuals that do play track um, because they actually have right. their own division and they can compete um, with, with, our, with our athletes in the regular division of track. It's also just a requirement that most places have to meet, yeah. regardless of whether anybody <laughs> likes it or not. Yeah, and, and like I said, we've always viewed it at Keywine Schools, our Board of Education has, is that we want to do what's best for kids. And you, know, um, and you always look in the mirror and say, to be honest with you, um, by the grace of God, that's not me you know, in that position. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, but it could be us tomorrow. I leave here today, get in an accident, that could be me. Yeah. So um, be honest with you, that's why when I go in a lot of buildings and they have those buttons you push in for the doors, I hit them to make sure they work, you know? <laughs> if not, I go complain to somebody, hey, your door's not working here. Because that could be me that, uh, for, that could be me someday, you know? So um, mm-hmm. we just want to make a best for our students. Sure. So that was probably the two highlights of our, our board meeting last night, um, other than it was, it was a joyous occasion to be able to have uh, Mrs. Bainey, the high school principal, recognize a lot of our athletes and individuals. And I know we always start with sports, so I'm going to end with sports. But, you know, Cooper Bates uh, ended up finishing eighth in the IHSA state uh, speech competition called Original Comedy, which was absolutely phenomenal. It was just really neat to see that he was down in Peoria. I was, uh, Mrs. Bainey and myself and some students we were down there on Friday. We saw him compete in the morning, then he competes in front of a different set of judges uh, in the afternoon. Um, he was like in fourth place at that time, which got him over to Saturday's competition. He competed again and ended up in eighth place. They're all different sets of judges they have, you know. Um, to me, he was top three for what I saw that day. You know, he was just awesome. And, you know, his little com- original comedy was about, he was a baby that lost his pacifier. And then he tries to blame the blanket for stealing his pacifier or hiding it, tries to blame the teddy bear for taking his pacifier, tries to blame the dog, tries to blame his mother for stealing the pacifier. He all does this all in under eight minutes, like right close <laughs> to eight minutes. And it was just hilarious. What was neat about it was it ended so late on Friday, they didn't have like the police and the, uh, the fire department bring him into town, escort him like they do for all the sports and that. They did it on Sunday. So he leaves, um, so he comes in on Sunday and there weren't many people in the parade ride, uh, I'll call it, but everybody met up at the high school, you know, everybody just went there. And we had about 65 people that came and watched him perform. And that was really neat, you know, that was just something that we've never had a, someone who meddled in before. And those kids in speech, you know, I see them after school, you know, you have your athletes, they're easy to see. They're in the gym, they're in the wrestling room. But your speech kids, you kind of walk down halls and all of a sudden you look in and there they are in a the classroom there 
or they're walking the halls, getting prepared, talking to the wall and rehearsing them what they're doing. And it's really neat to see that. Um, and so we were able to, um, you know, uh, recognize him, you know, in wrestling, uh, you know, we had f four individuals qualified for state, two as uh, state qualifiers that could participate, and two that were alternates, Max Kelly at 152, Will Taylor at 138, both seniors, great kids, um, you know, didn't come out on top like we had hoped or didn't get a medal. Uh, Alex Dorte, a sophomore, and Jackson Hicks, a senior, um, also won his alternatives with Jackson Hicks, uh, picking up his 40th win actually last Tuesday at team sectional. So that was an awesome honor for the wrestling team to be able to win regionals several weeks before to participate down at El Paso Gridley, which I had never been at before, Ooh. south of Bloomington. Um, and we came up short there. And of course, the bowling, you know, you could talk forever about Maya Maroka. First off, just talk about her character, what a great girl she is. But, you know, obviously a great golfer, uh, um, went to state twice in golf um, and uh, medaled this year in golf and twice in bowling last year and this year. She is the first person that I'm aware of, boy or girl, to qualify for state in two separate individual sports. So like for boys, it would have to be like wrestling, golf, cross country, and then track, something like that, combination thereof. And so to have her do it her junior and senior year is just phenomenal. And, you know, she got up to Rockford on the bowling end. And, um, you know, if you're not bowling, to be honest with you, if you're not bowling about a 175 a game or better, you're not making the finals. Sure. There was girls up there that had perfect games going into frame nine. And, you know, in bowling, there's only 10 frames. And if you get a strike on your 10th frame, you get to bowl two more balls, you know. And if you have all strikes, it's 300. There are girls that are bowling 220s, 240s, 270s, 275. I, I just can't even imagine that. I mean, that's, that's the excitement, and that's what happens. And, and if you're thinking they don't cheer, they cheer at bowling. It's just not a quiet little golf sport, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, we appreciate everything that she has done for um, the, the help elevate girls' athletics at Kiwani High School, you know, and definitely a role model for all our boys and girls at Kiwani High School. Just a great kid to see walking the halls. All right. Well, Dr. Sullins, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Sean. I appreciate it.